increasing regulation, market saturation, and rising interest rates. Still think short-term rentals make sense? You're not alone. Join industry experts Bill Faith and Kenny Bedwell as they discuss how you can invest while still staying ahead of the curve, identifying trends before they happen, or blowing them away outright with their insights. This is STRonomics. Hey everybody, Bill Faith here, joined by Kenny Bedwell from STR Insights. Uh, this is episode number five, and today I kind of dominated episode number four, so I'm going to give Kenny the platform. <laughs> uh, and this is right in his wheelhouse. Three massive mistakes investors make when analyzing properties. So the first thing I want to talk about is, yes, I am a hardcore carnivore. I love states. I don't know why I love this hat. Uh, actually bought it the economies four times. Do you like, you know what I love doing? I love smoking a nice big ass brisket. There you like, go. Like, rings down in Texas. You know, we're, look, we should start a whole nother podcast about smoking meats. That's for something else. <laughs> smoking <laughs> meats. Literally the mistakes that people make when they analyze properties. This episode is brought to you by Tyler Kuhn, uh, the founder of Savvy Doc Realty. Savvy Realty based out of Asheville, North Carolina. Uh, he is our podcast sponsor. Got us off the ground. He has just been very generous. Nobody freaking sponsors a, a podcast on episode number one by any means when you have zero listeners. Uh, so give a shout out to Tyler Kuhn. He's the GOAT in Western North Carolina. I personally used him uh, for three purchases in the last six months. Uh, and Banner Elk, two in Beach Mountain, uh, just over $3 million between the two. He is honest. He's full of integrity. He's full of love. Uh, and he is the GOAT when it comes to STR. He's an investor, and he also has a management company with 60-plus properties under his umbrella. Kenny knows him as well. Kenny has had multiple dealings with Tyler. He is just the salt of the earth, uh, about as good as it gets. You concur? Yes, yeah. So I one thing I you know mentioned on an earlier episode that I really like about Tyler is he cares about giving accurate data about property. So I'm, I'm, I'm the data guy. Um, and one of my things I, my quells with real, uh, realtors or real estate agents is they're usually vague or, or they don't know the numbers and which can be misleading. And so I, I really, I don't really like working with people who don't, you know, put the numbers first. And so Tyler's one of those guys who he doesn't want to lead you astray. He wants to give you the numbers. He wants to help you out and lead you in the right direction. And I've had many conversations with Tyler. He'll message me, hey, what do you think about this property, Kenny? And um, we're good friends. And so I help him out too. And, you know, and so that he can, you know, sell these properties to people, but also have an accurate idea of what it can do. Because like I said, he doesn't want to lead you astray. Uh, and so, and that's, and that kind of, you know, brings into our topic is the mistakes, the three massive mistakes that, you know, short-term rental investors, especially newbies make when trying to run a property analysis in 2022. And I'm going to jump in real quick and do a number four or a 3A to kick off. And then I'm just going to sit back and look pretty in my okay. our unfiltered podcast. You know, <laughs> uh, just a little plug for me, jump over to my personal podcast, SDR Unfiltered, take a listen. Uh, it's only seven to 10 minutes per episode. Um, you mentioned it, Kenny, it's literally don't trust your agent, period. Even if it's Tyler, even if it's Deb Wood, don't trust your agent's numbers. And I kind of learned this through all my dealings with Deb down in, in Gold Shores. They mostly quote property management numbers. And a lot of agents don't even know about AirDNA or SDR Insights, right? 
So you got to run your own data, be independent and do your own research. That's kind of my 3A, if you will, which I know Kenny will jump in with, with his three that will kind of lead up into that. So I'm just going to sit back and join my Diet Coke. I should have a glass of wine and I'm going to listen to more from Kenny. Yeah. So I, I kind of want to follow up on that because that, that one's huge. I mean, it's not only like don't trust uh, your agent's numbers, but just don't take one source of information as the go-to. This is the this is the answer. I believe in it. I put all this money into that one source because it could let you down. I've seen it several times. Always check multiple sources of data, and I mean that that's really the key. I, I do it myself. I don't, you know, I have access to a very powerful tool, but. Even as an investor, when it comes down to it and I'm putting down my own money, you know, I'm like, okay, I believe in my product, but I also want to just confirm to and check around and make sure that I'm, I'm right. Well, and that comes from your background, doesn't it? Of being it an analyst at Citibank. Yep. I mean, you, you can't just take one data source when you're dealing with something that could have billions of dollars of, you know, impact, right? Right. You know, it's true. It's very true. Um, I, I, and it just, even, you know, the more data, the less risk is kind of how I, I, I approach it and how we approached it, you know, analyzing, you know, all these fortune 500 companies at city and, and looking at the revenue numbers. So, you know, especially when you're about to make a call on a stock, you know, you want to look at multiple sources and to, to make sure that, you know, if it's, if it's going to go up, you, you have an idea, like a very strong idea that it's definitely going to go up. You have that confidence and that's what it's all about. So awesome. So Kenny, lean us in. What's, what's number, the number one massive mistake that you see investors making? And this isn't necessarily just for new investors. This could be experienced investors too, right? Oh, hundred percent. I think this one is, we mentioned experienced investors, but especially experienced investors nowadays is running your comps or comparable property analysis correctly. So when I have a property that I found on Zillow and I want to know how much money or potential revenue that property can make, what do I do? Do I go to free calculators online and rely upon their data? Or do I maybe buy some data and look at other, you know, other data sets and uh, co comparable properties in the area to get an analysis? Or you can go to the map feature inside of STR Insights. I know you probably wouldn't say this because you don't want to self-plug, but you know when you identify a market and then you see bedroom count, four bedroom, three baths in market A, then you click through that link and go to the map. Then you see the cluster that is all around that property in a, a similar bedroom count. And you're going to see the revenue right projected. And then you can click to the link directly, you know, into the MLS. That's something that you can't do anyplace else. So that comp analysis, and sorry to jump in, but I know you probably wouldn't have went this deep to pitch your own platform, <laughs> um, is uncomparable. It's not like the top eight that you get from another data source. It's way more in depth. You know that you know exactly if it's on the same street or if it's one street over, there's the, the, the data is, I, I don't know, I don't want to say it's more accurate because I don't want to sound negative towards another data tool, but it's much easier for us to use. It's much easier for us to go in and extract and move it into whatever format we need so we could really make the comparisons. And I want to go back to any, um, and you remember before we launched BK Hot Picks, Billy Kenny's Hot Picks, the Yucca Valley 
yeah. uh, you know, house as a prime example. And I don't, you might remember the numbers better than I do, but there were literally two houses. We put a free house out from Bill and Kenny's Hot Picks before we launched. And it was doing roughly like 50 or $60,000 more in revenue than this lady that said she owned on the same street was doing, right? Right. I'll take the story from that. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the I think we said the property was going to do about 120 um, with a pool. And the lady was like, that's not possible. You know, and we found her property and we found it was doing, you know, 60 or $50,000, $60,000 less than what that property could have done. We found other properties. Uh, we, we didn't just pull that number out of a hat. You know, we got that from comparable properties on the street that were doing around 120 with a pool or more. It's not just, oh, the highest one did 120. That's what that one can do. It's what are, what's the, what's a comparable average. Uh, so w- the last well, house was also golden girls. Yeah, that, that's very true. And, and, you know, that goes into the point. The lesson is what makes up a comparable property? Is it just, uh, the same bedroom and bath count that's near within a radius? Heck no. That's, that's just not the case. It, you know, I, something I, I love that Bill says is that, you know, properties next door could be completely different in terms of view, proximity, whatever it is, interior design, decor, all those different factors matter in determining if it is a comparable property that you can use to determine the revenue. If you don't believe this, then literally go watch the recordings from the STR Wealth Conference and you'll see my presentation where I take my floor plan of my house in Gold Shores that I built, same builder, same street, same floor plan, 12 houses down, no view, $120,000 more in revenue I'm generating than they are. I have real numbers from the property management company that manages. Now, one of the big things is they're run by a property management company and probably one of the better ones in Gold Shores, I'm doing it myself. And I've also got views. My house has better design more amenities, all of that type of stuff. We both have a pool. We both have the same six bedrooms, four baths, the same design, everything. What's different is color makes a huge difference. Design elements, amenities, um, and the way that you host, the way that you create, you optimize revenue, right? So there is no exact comp because nobody hosts exactly the same. But when you just look at a top eight or 10 properties that's presented to you and it says it's on Airbnb or VRBO, you got to click in and you really better go deep into those properties to see if they're truly comparable. Yeah, not I wouldn't even say you 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 better do it. You have to do it. Guys, I, I will tell you this. Mr. I, Wonderful, Shark Tank, I forbid you from buying another property without doing that. Yes. I, I mean you have to do it. I it's it, it's part of the the new investment strategy that everyone has to do if they want to just get an accurate revenue projection. One of the things that you will see. I guarantee this. And I've seen it more and more. All of the free revenue calculators, I use them because I invest in properties as well, just like all of you guys listening. I use the free revenue calculators out there. But with more and more time, they become less and less accurate. And the reason why is because they're only pulling a radius. And in 2021, 2020, 2021, all everybody's property was doing well. And this is, it's not the case. With recent data numbers uh, from STR Insights that I'm seeing with how properties are performing, there is a growing divide between properties that are doing really well and properties that aren't doing well at all. Meaning that, you know, the top 10% 
are doing better than they were doing in 2021. Whereas like the 50% and below are doing worse than what they were doing in 2021. And the reasoning why is because the way they're marketing, the way they're trying to set it, forget it, their design, their decor, all of that isn't left behind. The guys who are doing well, they're marketing, they're putting, adding the amenities, the things that you need to throw in there to make your property do well and attract the the guests that are going to pay top dollar. And I mean, the, the only way you know that though, unless you have access to the kind of data that I do is you have to go and look at those properties to see can the property that I'm analyzing, I'm looking at, is it going to be able to do what these top performers are doing in the area? Or is it going to be like these other properties nearby? And and if it's going to do less like the other properties nearby, it could still be a good deal based on the price. But you really need to go in and dive into those properties to see what is the difference maker of, you know, from running those comps. I I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, So that's kind of number one is running true (laughs) comps, Kenny. Uh, What is number two? Okay, number, number two. I think this one, a lot of people are starting to catch on to this. And once again, it goes back to these, you know, not trusting one data source is you got to stop using the numbers from 2021 as the end all be all. It's just like 2021 was borderline an anomaly. Like I said, I am seeing properties, including my own, doing better in 2022 than 2021. I think I've removed the word borderline in that comment. We will never see 2021 again. Sure. I mean, that that's fine. I, um, I, I don't, I don't say never, I you, never, well, when I say 20, so, okay. So let's, let's say this, I am having to put in two to three times more effort in work Same. to do slightly better than 2021. Same. So, I mean, you're right. Cause in 2021, I mean, I went on vacation. I, I remember I had paternal leave and I left, they gave me, uh, I think it's two months off. I literally just traveled my wife and I and a newborn baby, which looking back, (laughs) wasn't the best idea, but we did it. We went all around the West Coast. We saw like five different states, a bunch of national parks over the summer. I hiked a a 14, a 14er, uh, Mount Shasta uh, and and summited it. It was great. And I had, I was managing five properties at the time and I had it all just like literally on autopilot. And that was last year. No rank breeze, no Facebook apps, nothing. nothing. It was just, you know, nothing. Yeah. It was just, and it was sold out and I could raise the prices and it would be good bucks. I didn't have to worry about it. This year in April, when I stopped getting a lot of bookings and, and into May and I was like, what the heck is going on? And I realized I was like, I need to change and I need to actually put in an effort. And once I started doing that marketing and, and uh, doing some of the other strategies I have for my particular properties, boom, I started getting the revenue I wanted to see and increase my ADR and occupancy uh, to the rates that I wanted. And uh, was really able to do better. My June and July months were incredibly better than what they were last year. However, when I wasn't putting in effort, my April and May months were way worse than they were in 2021. So we're just having to put in more effort. So you're right. 2021 is different. However, my revenue numbers are better this year because I'm putting in Well, the that's because you're, do- you're putting in the work and you're doing right. the right things, right? Yeah. Well, they're probably 80% of our industry, their bookings are going to stop the first week of August. Oh, yeah. used to even all the Facebooks. Oh, my God, what do I do? I don't have any bookings in August or September or October. Well, it used to be in 2020, really probably starting around May of 2020. You know, if, if you build it, they will come. You know, and that's all you have to do. 
you know, but now nobody's attracted to the baseball diamond in the cornfield, you know, anymore, not as much as they were anyway. So, I mean, I'm up 3.7% year over year from 22 uh, to 23 year to date. But same as you, Kenny, it's three times the amount of work. I mean, I never used rank breeze. You know, I love Kelvin Ma. I love rank breeze, but you know what? Until last fall, never used it. Didn't have to. But you could see the writing on the wall that was coming. And then it shit and hit the fan when, you know, Russia invaded the Ukraine. You know, yep. it's just a whole nother game, you know, since that point. So you have to have the tools. You have to put in the work. And you sure as hell cannot expect to sit back and think that you're going to do 2021 numbers in 2022. And it's probably going to be a little bit more down in 2023. And down as an industry, not for people like Kenny and I. Not that we're any better, but we know what to do. And we're committed to putting in that work, right? Yeah. And I will say, just as a word of caution, some of the the flat, like yellow flags, I'm starting to see orange flags too with the data pools. When I say data pool, like us, we we scrape the data or, or information from Airbnb and Verbo to know about how properties are performing. We're looking at the future. And when I'm looking, when I'm seeing just a couple markets, mountain markets in particular, uh, even beach markets, it is dead after august i'm talking like nothing last year you know some of the markets were booked probably say uh you know the average occupancy for from looking from july into september and october we're looking at about 30 to 40 percent this year we're talking like 10 percent. so i'm hoping that it's mainly you know just for the sake of the industry and in the market general that it's it's a sign of just you know uh shorter booking lead times meaning People will book just maybe in first September and October in August time. But if not, there's going to be a lot of people with open occupancy in those months. And so I'm going to keep an eye on it. And I mean, I'll let you guys know in the podcast or, you know, and through SDR insights about how that goes. But that is something to kind of keep an eye on. And going back to the whole topic here, running an analysis. Um, you, you should be considering that, like having a, you know, some sort of safety net. You can't just rely on last year's numbers as the end all be all kind of thing. So it's really interesting. I can see it in my own portfolio, Kenny, the properties that I was booking in December, January, February, um, that are high demand properties. They're pretty much, you know, at, at maximum occupancy through, you know, August, you know, even through September and like in the Gulf Shores properties all the way through October, right? But the ones that I've launched post-invasion, you know, which happened, I think, the latter part of March, first part of April, I don't remember exactly. Those are the ones that are empty. You know, even my, I, I have a new property that I launched, a beachfront property. I'm done. Not one booking after the 1st of August yet. Mm-hmm. And it's, that's literally in less than two weeks. And, and that's not true. I think I've taken a couple of weeks. I think I have three now. I mean, but I looked at my calendar like a week ago. And compared all the properties. And then I went back and owner res, you know, looked at last year and it's completely different. It's like 75, 80% down. Now I do, I am a believer that if you're putting in the work and you're doing off OTA marketing, you're in the top five or 10 on the first page in rank race. Um, as long as your pricing isn't the same pricing mentality that we had in 2020, 2021, where I just kept telling you, raise your rates, raise your rates, raise your rates. You know, you need to be you know, somewhere around that top line, but you can't be 30% above top line anymore, right? So I think you're going to see the lead time, even at beaches, mountains, ski resorts that have been 60, 70, 90, 100 days, you know, I think you'll see stuff that will pick up, but 
And I'm not a big advocate of lowering rates. If you've been that 30, 40% above the 90th percentile, you're probably going to need to adjust your rates, you know, a little bit. I do believe in profit integrity. I did a podcast about that. Uh, but, you know, the profit integrity has to be within reason. Right. 100%. So I guess with that, I, I mean, it's kind of a downer one, you know, don't rely on last year's numbers. So what numbers do I rely on? And the answer is, you know, go look at historical data uh, from 2019 and 2020. I would look at something too. Where do they get that, Kenny? So an average investor get that. You get it because you're a data analyst, analyst, right? But how do they get that? Yes. Uh, well, the you know. Uh, <laughs> let me let me let me rephrase it. Like competitors who do it. Let me rephrase the question. You have to buy it from a competitor. It's uber expensive, right? So if I'm going to go yeah. buy one half million or even million dollar property, I can't cost justify that. Um, if I have access to the trailing 12 months, let's say from 12, from uh, 2021, what should I just, as a general rule, discount back to 20 and 19? That's a great question. Obviously, it varies market to market. And if you're willing to pay for that information, you can figure that out. But I would safely say for the majority of markets, for beach markets, probably 10 to 15%. Mountain markets, I would go up to 20, maybe even 30% if it's like a tier two. You know, I we pick on the North Georgia mountains and we probably shouldn't as much. But the 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 reality is they nobody heard of Blue Ridge and Ella J except from the if you're in the Atlanta area until, you know, COVID. until COVID, you know, nobody heard of that. So I actually grew up in Southern Georgia and I am somewhat familiar with the North Georgia mountains. And that wasn't even on, like, I didn't even think there was a vacation rental market there. I knew you could go hiking. Like Douglas and Vidalia, right? (laughs) Oh, gosh. I've been to both of those. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, Vidalia. Um, So, no, no. I mean, yeah, we'd go into North Georgia, but, like, it was kind of one of those, like, hidden gems that, you know, only some of the, you know, the, the people in the, the only people in Georgia knew about, or if you want to go hiking on the Appalachian Trail. And, and that was, so it wasn't until COVID. So 2020 and the numbers skyrocketed and now they're starting to settle back down. Now, are they going back down to 2018, 2019 numbers? No, they're still doing better than that. But in a lot of these markets across the US where no one had heard about before, you know, pre-COVID, they're seeing decreases on the market on average. Uh, but if you're doing the things that keep you apart from the competition, if you paid attention to our other podcasts and you've got, you know, the unique amenities and things and the creative financing, and all the other strategies, you can stand apart. You can be different and you can command a higher ADR, but you definitely should not expect that when you run your, you know, analyzing a property. So that's just kind of, I would say if you want to be conservative, and safe. I would say a 20% difference between 2021 and this year. So here's one thing that I kind of looked at in 2017 and 18. Um, the market started to pick up a little bit in 19, at least in the markets that I was in. And then 20, you know, I was in a lot of beach more. I was mainly in Gulf Shores and, and Scottsdale and, and Estes Park, Colorado. And it's interesting that like in Gulf Shores, because of the political climate, the beach was only shut down like Florida for like 30, 35 days. Mm. When that beach opened, that's really when the wave started, right? And then everything was was sold out if people had canceled due to COVID. Um, the thing that I think becomes really, really important, back from the early investing days pre-COVID, I always look at, I'm trying to figure out what my average rate's going to be. And we didn't use terms like ADR back then. 
but my average like peak season rate, and this is before price labs beyond any of that type of stuff. What's my average peak season weekday rate? What's my average peak season weekend rate? Then what's my shoulder season peak season rate? Or excuse me, my shoulder season weekday and weekend rate and the same thing and the off season in the winter. So I need to look at the shoulder season and the off season. So I think January and February of like down at the beach, can I make my mortgage payment and my insurance payment off of having four nights booked? That's like literally two weekends. That's 50% of weekend occupancy. Whether you're two nights or three night minimums, whatever it would be. If I can do that, then I'm going to sleep well at night. If I can't, or I've got, or I'm charging five grand or six grand a week during the summer, and I'm trying to get a $2,500 a month snowbird into my condo, you know, in January and February, that's when you're going to have problems. So I look at that rule. If you're investing now, I would literally try to look at your shoulder season and most importantly, your off season. Can you break even just on those components with literally four nights booked? If you can do that, then you're going to be okay. I look at all of my properties. I agree with Kenny's percentages a thousand percent. I know I will never lose money. And I, I'm going to have to go down 50 or 60%, you know, for me to even worry about breaking even because of how I've factored in those models and my performance on the front end. Yep. Right? So that's why we need to be uber conservative. And I said this previously, I bought a $1.6 million house in Van Roth and it's the bee's knees. It's nails. It's awesome. You know, I won't lose money on it, but I got 420, actually four, close to $470,000 parked there after, you know, post-close renovations. I'm not going to get the return that I'm going to want to get out of that property. So the question is, is do I sell now and potentially take a small loss? I won't do that because I know I'm still going to be cash flow positive. So I'll wait. I'll be okay. And you know what? I will put in the work. I might only get 20% cash on cash. I might only do 200 grand versus the 300 to 325 I was forecasting. But I promise you that I can still make my mortgage, pay my interest, keep the utilities on by literally just having four nights in the off season. But we're in the off season right now, you know, for that market. Peak season is going to be from Thanksgiving, really kind of Christmas, but it pick, well, depending on what happens with the inside research intel that's happening at Beach Resort, um, it's going to be Thanksgiving through the end of March and maybe even April you know, as they extend the season. So I'm not worried about that. But I'm, what I'm going to tell you is, is in, if I would have invest, made this investment a year ago, year and a half ago, I literally would have just said it, forget it, Airbnb, Verbo, Price Lab's done. Automatic messaging through owner res and hospitable, done. Don't need to do anything else. Go travel the world like Kenny did for, you know, multiple months. <laughs> after the conference. But now I'm running Facebook ads. Now I've got seven markets that I'm doing buy-sell trade group strategy into every single week. I'm just on that property. I'm spending three to five hours a week. That's what I used to spend in my entire portfolio. Three to five hours a week just in that property in rank breeze and optimizing, right? So Kenny says three times. I'd say probably two months ago, I was, you know, maybe two and a half, three times. I'm probably in the four to five times range because basically I was hands off. Hands off for the better part of a year and a half from the first of 2020 till March, whatever it was, or April 1st of this year. Didn't have to do a damn thing. Just raise my prices, raise my prices. because I got freaking kick-ass properties, right? So I just raised my price, raised my price. Now I've got to do all the work like I have a mediocre property and a mediocre location. And I'm only up 3.7%. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Same here. You know, we're going to, we're going to beat it, but it's, 
uh, beat last year's numbers, but it's, it's uh, so much more work, <laughs> so much more. And I mean, for those of you who are hosting, you know, we're even seeing more weird, I, I see weird guest requests all the time. Um, you know, just like general questions about, you know, I, I have a city property and they're asking me like, how big is your city property's backyard? And I'm like, you're, you're, because I'm going to have a party and they got through a kegger at five dollars a cup. So I like, mean, it's a one bedroom apartment. Yeah. I, I don't know. And I'm like, okay, sure. And so, you know, I'm like, red flag. Uh, why do you want to know about the backyard? Right. And like, I just want to hang out somewhere. And I'm like, well, we have a nice front porch, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I, I get that. But I haven't had those questions before. I mean, people were just booking because the demand was crazy. And, um, you know, we're just getting all kinds of like, do you have bars? So bars of soap versus like, you know, uh, liquid soap or gel soap. And I'm like, really? Like, that's a deciding factor, you know, like, I don't think you whatever you need, but you know, like what, what is it that, you know, that, so anyway, times have changed and, um, we just have to put in a little bit more effort and uh, the market is switched Kenny from, you know, a seller's market to a buyer's market. It's the same thing with the host and the guest. The guests can be more choosy and more picky today than they could six months ago. Uh, and, and I'll tell you what the real problem is going to be for those of you at the beach, like myself and some of those peak seasons during the summer, that's going to be really challenging. Like in August, when we don't have those bookings, when somebody comes in and you're a thousand bucks a night and they say, Hey, uh, can you do this for 700? And can I bring, you know, my little doggy Pete, you know, along with me when you're no, what are you going to do? Those are things that I think you have to predetermine now. Don't wait to get in the moment. So think about what do you do when you're hundred percent, you know, unoccupied? Versus what do you do when you're 50%, you know, occupied? Those are things we need to strategize now and we need to document. You don't want to make emotional decisions when you don't have any bookings. Um, set, set that, you know, line in the sand, write it down and stick to it. Yep. No, I agree. So Kenny, you're almost at third. We're at, we're over 30 minutes. What's number three? Number three. And I mean, this one we can keep short because we talked about it before, but I mean, it's big. Understand. So I call... Uh, when you do market research and you're understanding what the amenities are of the top performing properties or just properties around you, I call this a, the minimum barrier of entry. So I see a lot of hosts not go through the effort and spend the time to understand what the top amenities are in that market. So what I mean not to say, oh, do they have Wi-Fi or air conditioning? Like those are no brainer amenities, but you know, if I'm looking at, so if I pick a market, like example, uh, a Gatlinburg, you know, the top amenities that are actually becoming very common is indoor swimming pools, which blows my mind. Indoor swimming pools and a cabin, like mountain markets. I mean, that's not, I like. Abernathy's leading that way and crushing it with those things. I know. I mean, that, that is just crazy. And it's like, that's not even like, oh, that's, that, that's a rare find. That's like most of the cabins there now have indoor swimming pools. Well, like a million dollar plus cabins or maybe 1.2 million dollars. They're all a million dollar plus cabins. I mean, like, so like if you want to compare yourself to those numbers, you're going to have to get those type of amenities. But if you go to the other side of the Smoky Mountains, Western North Carolina, so like a Bryson City, Cherokee in those areas, the houses are like half or a quarter the cost of Gatlinburg and no one has a pool uh, no one, most people don't even have a game room. Uh, and I mean, or a hot tub, like 20% of a hot tub. Yeah, exactly. So you can pick markets that don't have those the properties that don't have those high end amenities come in there and immediately try to, you know, command a higher ADR. 
but it, you got to understand that you've got to do the research. We've talked about this already in previous podcasts about understanding what the properties are going to do based on amenities. And that that's just something you have to do. And so make sure, understand what the barrier is, a barrier of entry for amenities is, is, is the last key step that I see a lot of investors fail to do. And they end up having to fork out more cash to keep up. So, you know, if I'm in Orlando area, you know, everybody's doing the themed rooms. I, I mean, you're probably going to looking, you know, looking at the tea leaves, you're probably going to have to start doing that too, or doing some investing in some sort of fashion. You can't just have a regular three bedroom, two bath condo there. You're not going to stand out. And so that, that's the thing you, you've got to understand why the top properties are performing the way they are and what you need to do to get on their level. And it's not even, oh, if I do that, I'll be on their level because that's just to get to the standard. So that's, that's, that's how you got to look at things in terms of understanding the, the amenities of a market. So there's, there's in pricing strategy in any business, you want to be at the bottom and be a volume-based player like Walmart, or you want to be at the top and be a, Nord, a, a pricing player like Nordstrom, right? Most people that get into SDRs go right to the middle, and that's when they're not unsuccessful. That's when they are unsuccessful, or they can't achieve the goal, the financial goals that they're moving forward towards. The, the big nugget that I take away from what Kenny said is Bryson, North Carolina. It's exactly why I went into Gold Shores over Destin, right? Nobody had golf carts, nobody had paddle boards, nobody had saunas in their house, nobody had uh, you know kayaks, nobody was supplying beach gear even. They didn't have the carts. They didn't have the ice chest. They didn't get the umbrellas. They didn't give away the, you know, the chitters. They would literally say, oh, go to Fort Morgan, you know, beach chair company, and they'll come set up the shitty wood chairs and all that type of stuff. I'm going to tell you when you do that, just like when I'm, I've gone into Banner Elk and I'm starting to change the way that things are being done there, you will get a good, well, it's different for me today than it was back then. Back then I did like a good two-year run rate. It took almost a year for my redneck neighbor's uh, in Fort Morgan from Kentucky to buy a golf cart. And then their buddy bought a golf cart. And now like in Fort Morgan, where Chad Casey, you know, just invested into like literally it's a standard now to have the paddle boards, to have the golf carts, all that type of stuff. But you will get this runway. Like I'm doing all of this stuff in Beach Mountain right now. And Nor Beach Mountain, North Carolina, fire pits, hot tubs. I'm spending three grand to reinforce my deck so I can now hire a crane to bring in the hot tub. You know, all of this stuff, literally boot warmers. And you know where I got boot warmers from, Kenny? The Epic Lodge in Park City, right? In the oh, nice. When we got our property. So we figured out how we can cost efficiently create some boot warmers to where people can put their warmers on the rack that we're installing and warm their boots or dry them out. You know, when they get back, a lot of those things that nobody has that there. Now, I'm, I'm not going to say it's going to be exclusive forever. There will be the savvy hosts that are listening to this podcast. Uh, they're working with Tyler Kuhn at Savvy.Reality you know, that are learning these things from a guy like him that's a great host that are listening to Kenny. But I will have some runway to take advantage of it. And there's no more important time than right now to have a runway, right? So it's pretty easy for me to be in those markets and do what everybody does that is standardized in the Smokies, but bring it to Western North Carolina because not everybody's going to catch on in that market super duper quick. Yeah, I love it. Kenny? Three massive mistakes investors make when analyzing properties. I think we actually probably gave away a good 10 or 15 nuggets <laughs> uh, that were in there. 
Yeah. Um, you know, I would probably recommend listening to this again if you're a newer investor or an experienced investor that hasn't been looking uh, at these types of strategies. And then just make sure you do the most important thing. Hit that subscribe button down below. If, if you've listened to a previous podcast, it would mean the world to Kenny and I for you to give us a star review. I mean, we can use, just like in our, our hosting, we can choose some five-star reviews as we launch this new podcast. Uh, so thank you guys for being here. Uh, very appreciative of you spending 37 minutes with Kenny and I uh, listening to this. The one thing we, we both promise is we will continue to drive more and more value if you guys are on your STR journey. Thanks, my man. Thanks, yep. Thanks, Bill. See you guys. See you guys on episode number six. Thank you for listening to STRonomics. Stay ahead of the curve and subscribe today. This podcast is a Hospitality.fm production.